Are you ready to take your intermittent fasting lifestyle to the next level? There's nothing better than community to help with that. In the Delay Don't Deny community, we all embrace the clean fast, and there's just the right support for you as you live your intermittent fasting lifestyle. You can connect directly with me in the Ask Jen group, and I'll answer all of your questions personally. If you're new to intermittent fasting or recommitting to the intermittent fasting lifestyle, join the 28-Day Fast Start group. After your fast start, join us for support in the first-year group. Need tips for long-term maintenance? We have a place for that. There are many more useful spaces beyond these, and you can interact in as many as you like. Visit jenstevens.com community to join us. An annual membership costs just over a dollar a week when you do the math. If you aren't ready to fully commit for a year, join for a month, and you can cancel at any time. If you know you'll want to stay forever, we also have a lifetime membership option available. IF is free. You don't need to join our community to fast. But if you're looking for support from a community of like-minded intermittent fasters, we're here for you at jenstevens.com community. That's jenstevens.com community. Achieving my long-term goals is more about creating healthy habits and less about quick fixes. And that's why I love both intermittent fasting and daily harvest. Tim Spector, a gut health expert and founder of Zoe, and Dr. B, gastroenterologist and author of Fiber Fueled, recommend that you aim for at least 30 unique plant foods per week. Daily Harvest helps make it easy. One of my favorite options is the sweet potato and wild rice hash harvest bowl. With Daily Harvest, I'm getting tons of plant-based options built on organic fruits and vegetables that are easy to prep and free of weird ingredients such as fillers, seed oils, and added sugars. Create healthy habits that last with Daily Harvest. For a limited time only, go to dailyharvest.com ifstories to get $30 off your first box plus free shipping. That's dailyharvest.com ifstories for $30 off your first box and free shipping. Daily harvest.com slash is stories. Welcome to Intermittent Fasting Stories. I'm your host, Jen Stevens, author of Delay Don't Deny, Living an Intermittent Fasting Lifestyle. I lost over 80 pounds thanks to intermittent fasting after learning how to delay my eating rather than deny myself the delicious foods I want to eat. Now, who's ready to hear an inspirational intermittent fasting story? That's why we're here. So let's get excited to talk to today's guest. Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode eight of Intermittent Fasting Stories. Today, I am here with Eddie Friedman. Eddie is from Roslyn, New York, which is on Long Island, and he has worked as a lawyer since 1985. His firm helps those who have experienced serious and catastrophic injuries. So I bet you really see a lot in your line of work there, Eddie. So welcome, Eddie, and I'm so glad to chat with you today. Thank you so much, Jen. It's really a pleasure. Fabulous. So I have known you from around the Facebook intermittent fasting world for a while. When did our paths first cross, do you think? I believe I came across your wonderful book, Delay, Don't Deny. It'll be two years ago, I think, this coming January. So 2017. And shortly thereafter, I must have found my way to the Facebook group. Okay. I wondered if we had been in other groups together before that even. I wasn't sure. I don't think so. 
Okay. Well, I felt like I'd known you longer than that, right? (laughs) Anyway, I'm so glad to have you on the show today. So I like to start by asking everybody, what actually brought you to intermittent fasting just in general? How'd you hear about it? When did you start? That sort of thing. I am 58 years old and I am of the Jewish faith. As a child, there are a number of religious fasts during the year in the Jewish faith. The most well-known one would be Yom Kippur. And observant people are expected to observe that from age 13 on. So I was first exposed to a religious observance of fasting. That fast is a sundown to sundown fast. It happens to be a dry fast, but it's completely done for religious reasons. And even though it begins at age 13, Uh, children are even encouraged from either age eight, nine, 10 to just try and skip breakfast and go till noon. So I was exposed to the idea of fasting. And it's so interesting. Uh, It's commonly perceived as this tremendously difficult thing. And there's a common greeting even, may you have an easy fast. And that's a practice that I've observed all my life and continue to observe. But then Fast forward many years later as an adult, I'm just guesstimating, maybe around age 30, I came across the work of Paul Bragg Oh yeah, and his book, Miracle of Fasting. And he came from a line of, I think they called themselves the physical culturists. And I just, I don't know, it just felt good. <laughs> then some years after that, I came across Dr. Bert Herring's work, Fast Five, And I just was so fascinated. I read a bunch of books, um, books, all the books really that you mentioned in Delay, Don't Deny. I think there might have been one book you mentioned that I had not seen. Do you remember which one that was? You know what? I almost wish I had thought of this before we spoke. So I can't. Oh, that's okay. But I must compliment you in that even though I had been exposed to all this information and (laughs) I never thought of it this way, but I think I had been an intermittent faster. (laughs) I get it. In the sense that I had done it for even months at a time. I mean, I had reached the point of getting adjusted, but then for a variety of reasons, my consistency waned. But then I was looking again around the two years ago point, and you were the first author that gave, that discussed rather the idea of clean fasting. I think I had been exposed to earlier For example, even Bragg, I'm pretty sure he talks about having diluted water with apple cider vinegar, and he might even say some honey. I don't want to swear to that, but I think like to him, that was okay. But Dr. Herring, who I have tremendous regard for, my read of what he had to say, he was never completely that clear on the clean part. And for those who are hearing this without any prior introduction, you know, clean meaning no calories, nothing sweet and nothing that triggers hunger. So my my fasting history had really been more of a, um, you know, I would use coffee with either cream and stevia as kind of like a crutch. And by some measures, I still had in quotes success. But when I started taking your suggestion, the experience of the fast just became much nicer for me. Oh, I'm really glad to hear that. It made such a difference for me, too. And of course, you know, as someone who's read my book, that I love Dr. Burt Hearing and respect him greatly. And he's more of a, hey, everybody, find your own way kind of a guy. You know, he thinks everyone is their own study of one, which I also agree with because everybody is unique and is going to find their own way. So 
I love his work. But I do think that once I transitioned personally to the idea of clean fasting, it made all the difference for me. And I'm glad that it did for you too. It certainly has improved it. It purified it. I, I, it's hard for me to even find the words. And now over time with consistency, it's just such a natural rhythm. And as an extension of presenting what drew me to it, when you first invited me to do this, I actually felt a little sheepish because on the wonderful groups that you founded, there are so many stories of people, I think of them as superstars in a way, but people who have faced such immense challenges, you know, people with diseases, people with personal loss, people who've released huge amounts of weight. And I feel very fortunate that I never had to confront those particular issues. But I think one of the things that has drawn me to And by the way, I generally abbreviate. I try not to even say I intermittent fast. I try to say I DDD, you know. Right. (laughs) But I think one of the things that, or not one of, a primary motivator for just me personally is I can really eat a lot. And there was something about the concept of a window that, I don't know, for my particular psychology, it helps me to say, I'm not starting until, and then at this amount of time, I'm done. Right. And I have had issues. I mean, I actually think it's an ongoing issue, but I just found a great way to manage it. I think of it as compulsivity. And I understand where you're coming from, Eddie. And also, you said you didn't feel like you had like the most dramatic story to share. But see, your story is important because you had a struggle just like many of us have had with wanting to eat a lot of food. And for me, was it like this for you, like all day long? Before intermittent fasting, did you find constant thoughts about, is it time to eat? Should I eat? Am I ready to eat? Was that the kind of thing that haunted you like it haunted me? There is definitely a component of that. And I'm not saying that, I mean, even now when I'm fasting, I'm not saying I don't think of food. It's just that sort of parallel with those thoughts is, oh, it's okay that I'm thinking about that. I'm not going to eat till later anyway. I'm just going to shift my focus to these other things I want or need to do instead of actually acting on it. Exactly. That's that, I think, is what I was trying to say. I was always thinking about whether it was appropriate to act on the eating. And then with intermittent fasting, windows closed, and then later it will be open. So it's like it takes that pressure off during the day. That's kind of what I wondered if if Yeah, and not only whether or not it's appropriate to act on thinking about whether or not it's appropriate to act on it, but also so much of the, for me, unconscious eating, like eating because I'm walking by it or eating because someone put it out or eating just because it's time. So not really tuning into, you know, I almost want to apologize to the extent any of this sounds cliche, but when you live it, the meaning of it really comes out, but of being much, much more mindful So I now, now that I, you know, I'm coming up on two years of consistency, I find delay, don't deny lifestyle to be a physical practice that actually leads to a a greater level of spiritual awareness for me and mindfulness. Like I had to be introduced to the mental, emotional, spiritual part through the physical door. You know, I'm just, I pay much more careful attention 
to what I'm doing. Yeah, I think that's beautiful. And we really do hear that a lot. All religious traditions have fasting as part of them. Your Jewish faith, I was raised in the Christian faith, you know, the Muslim faith. Fasting goes throughout all of those. And it's often seen as the key to spirituality for these different religions. I think that the mindfulness, the increased level of spirituality is common. Even people who do not follow a, a traditional religious faith, they may find themselves being just more mindful in general. And the way that you see life is different. Absolutely. You know, so even putting religious considerations entirely aside, I mean, that's part of each person's study of one, I think. But even a person with a completely secular yes. outlook, just the experience of how you one experiences their day. I mean, as I'm talking to you now, I'm remembering, you know, in my 20s and then 30s, you know, when I finished school and I entered my career, you know, I commute by car. And it was a regular thing that, you know, there was this one place that I'd stop to get a whatever I'd pick up, the particular food item doesn't matter. But I really did it robotically and unconsciously because that's what you do. And then I wasn't even connecting like it would affect. Besides that, I'm taking in, I'm about to use the term calories, but I don't mean it in a calorie counting sense, but I'm taking in unnecessary calories. I'm just taking in right. fuel when I don't need the fuel. And Besides that, I mean, I was one of those people who would experience, you know, the late morning crash and just totally unnecessary. And even connecting the dots, just such a gift. So you no longer have that mid-morning crash that you used to have? No, not at all. Yeah, I don't either. <laughs> I just wanted to put that out there in case, you know, we've got listeners who may not have decided to dive into their own intermittent fasting lifestyle. You know, that's the part that's the most unbelievable for people starting off because they think that, you know, we're used to having a crash if we don't keep fueling during the day frequently because our bodies are used to that incoming constant stream of energy from the foods that we're taking in, the drinks that we're taking in. And so people worry that they're going to have that times 100 when they're intermittent fasting. And although at first you, you feel a little foggy until your body adjusts, it's just not like it used to be for us. We have that sustained energy. So do you feel like the sustained energy of, of fasting gets you through your yeah, work day? Absolutely. And you know what? To extend what you're mentioning, so I've been pretty much a daily exerciser since my late teen years. I mean, I'm not planning on trying to be in the Olympics. I'm not in any serious competitive athletics. I really do it for health, vitality, uh, stress relief, just pure joy of movement kind of thing. But I've always been very interested in it. And I see so much in those communities, you know, people feeling kind of like uh, shackled to, oh, I have to have this before I do this exercise. Or if I don't have X potion elixir, you know, within Y minutes after finishing my workout, it will have been for nothing. And I don't know. I think the most important rule that people need to follow is just to practice common sense, which is, you know, you know, obviously if someone, God forbid, if they feel dizzy, if they feel extraordinarily uncomfortable or hungry, you got to stop what you're doing, sit down and have something to eat. But other than that, I mean, there was a post on your one of your groups this morning where the discussion was, my thought was, 
So I know what it was. I'm sorry. Someone had said, how do you know if your window is too short? And my thought on that was if all your health markers are in line and if you're eating until you're satisfied, not stuffed, and you feel good, and then if God forbid, again, anything happens, you get the proper medical attention. I'm not saying that our behavior even comes close to that. I mean, Right. We talked about Dr. Herring. I guess he's been following his protocol for 20 years. And you recently mentioned Mark Matson, you know, one of the most renowned researchers. I think he's been following a, a similar protocol for 30 or 40 years. Yeah. 30 is something that stuck into my head. I can't remember, but it, it's been decades. I think people have a sort of, look, you've used the term. I completely resonate with this. It's a paradigm shift. Right. But if people can give themselves sort of a gentle start, I mean, this is my view. I mean, obviously some people dive right in and sometimes that works for them and that's great, but people can start very gently. They can start just by eating breakfast later and later in the day and then seeing how they feel. And then over time, wow, I ended up skipping breakfast. And yeah, I think that's a great approach because, you know, there are, are different types of people who have different approaches to life in general, the jump right in and rip off the bandaid type person, but that's not necessary. You don't have to go straight in. You know, sometimes people will start off and they'll say, I've read your book and I want to do one meal a day. So I'm starting tomorrow and I'm going to have a one hour window. And we want to say, mm, maybe not day one. <laughs> maybe though, you know, you might be super successful with that, but instead you also might be setting yourself up for a hard time because you're trying to do too much too soon. I agree a hundred percent. And the beauty of this is if you let common sense be your guide, try it any way you like. Like if you want to rip that bad date off, you know, give it a shot, you know, just don't be foolish. But also if that approach seems too daunting, see, I'm thinking about the tens of millions of people who really can, and I almost want to say very gently, need to benefit from some level of this approach that if it's too daunting to them to think, oh, I could never do that, that, well, you don't have to, you know, just ease in, see how you feel. Uh, you might surprise yourself. Like if I could talk to that 25 year ago me and say, you know what? Don't stop on your way to work for that big muffin and see how you feel if you don't have it. And just check instead of eating at 730, just don't have it and see how you feel at 1030 or 11. Try that for a while. There's just so many people who I feel need to put their toe in the water. And so that, and they don't need to feel like that it's something that they have to do perfectly and with a short window and exactly, you know, this ideal regimen from day one. Yeah, I think absolutely. That's and also there's many people who've done it and don't realize they've done it. Like, you know, they go, it's funny. I actually had a business meeting this week and there was a little uh, banter before the meeting started. And this sales representative said to me, no, she was like, so how's your day been so far? And she said, oh, yesterday I was running around so much. I didn't have a chance to really sit and have a proper meal until I got home. And yeah. without detailing what they are, she has some challenges that I felt like, wow, she doesn't realize it. But if she makes a few tweaks to that, she's so close to doing many of the things that are recommended in Delay Don't Deny. So- we really do hear this from a lot of people, that their natural inclination or frequently they would skip meals, but then they felt, you know, quote, guilty because the conventional wisdom is that you must eat frequently to keep your metabolism up, right? You know, that's what we're, we're told. So they felt guilty for skipping breakfast, like it was the wrong thing to do and that they were hurting themselves. And so they would eat 
just because they felt like they were supposed to eat. And then when they finally have learned about intermittent fasting, it's like a weight's been lifted off and they say, oh, I don't have to force myself to eat food within 30 minutes of my foot hitting the floor in the morning. I can do what my body wanted to do all along. Right. You know, and what you're saying there when they feel guilty, besides the societal pressure, so many of the authority figures, let's say, you know, so many in the medical and scientific communities have not yet adopted this approach. So people feel, they feel like, well, if these people with all this advanced training aren't recommending it, I'm afraid to try it. So number one, that appeals to the sort of contrarian in me who looks at history and thinks of (laughs) how many, like the flat earthers. One point in history, the greatest scientists on earth said the earth was flat and that the earth revolved around the sun. And there are examples of that much closer to modern times. But even if someone doesn't have that contrarian bent, and I'm not urging anyone to have it, it sort of circles me back around to the, just use common sense. Like, look, I understand you want to follow the conventional wisdom, in quotes, prescriptions. But look, again, you don't have to dive in. Just try postponing a little bit and have your checkup. Make sure your blood levels are where you want them to be or make sure this isn't hurting you or harming you. And if everything's going fine, go a little further. And you just may pleasantly surprise yourself. That's so true. We're finding more and more people are coming to intermittent fasting because their doctor has recommended it, which is very exciting. And, you know, there are lots and lots of researchers who are doing clinical type research and other types of studies, you know, animal studies, but fasting is out there. You know, there are many, many brilliant minds who both support, endorse, recommend, and follow intermittent fasting themselves. So I think more and more physicians are going to start coming on board. But I love every time someone says, yeah, I learned about it from my doctor. I think that's fantastic. That sort of triggers the liability lawyer view within me, which is many professionals have a fear of taking a view that's outside of the mainstream. But over time, yes, as as more people do well with it and as more people are willing to take that view, you know, it's just like so many things change in the sweep of history. Yeah, I feel like we're in the beginning of a grassroots movement. I know, you know, you're changing the world, Jin. And uh, Well, thank you. I'm doing my part. There are a lot of people out there changing it with me. Yeah. So that's what's beautiful about the whole intermittent fasting movement. I do think it's a grassroots movement that's spread from person to person, not just in my Facebook communities or my intermittent fasting circles, but obviously it's much bigger and broader than just me. But every person who finds themselves embracing this lifestyle and the freedom that it's giving them, and then they tell somebody, you know that commercial, what was it like? L'Oreal shampoo, you know, and they tell two friends and they tell two friends and they tell two friends. And that's the exponential growth that I think we're, we're right there on the cusp with intermittent fasting. Right. I think all the people that do delay don't deny when they tell other people about it, they need to say, inspired by those commercials, don't hate me because I'm beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Because, you know, everyone who's doing intermittent fasting has a certain intermittent fasting glow about them. They just radiate that health and vitality, right? Absolutely. We just have to be modest about it. There you go. There you go. (laughs) 
We all face stress in our daily lives. What if the answer to a better stress response is in one key nutrient? I'm talking about magnesium, and specifically, Magnesium Breakthrough by Bioptimizers. This one-of-a-kind product is designed to reverse low levels of magnesium, which could have a positive effect on our stress response. But don't take my word for it. Here's a quote from a 2020 issue of the scientific journal Nutrients. Results suggest that stress could increase magnesium loss, causing a deficiency. And, in turn, magnesium deficiency could enhance the body's susceptibility to stress, resulting in a magnesium and stress vicious circle. I only recommend Magnesium Breakthrough by Bioptimizers. It's the only organic full-spectrum magnesium supplement that includes seven unique forms of magnesium for stress resilience and better sleep. Simply go to bioptimizers.com slash ifstories promo code IFSTORIES10 to get your magnesium breakthrough and find out this month's gift with purchase. That's bioptimizers.com slash IFSTORIES, promo code IFSTORIES10. If you've been listening to my podcast for a while, you know what a fan I am of Dr. Tim Spector and the work he's doing with Zoe. I was first introduced to his work in 2015, and I've been following his research ever since. What I love most about the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast is that they have weekly interviews with world-leading experts who explain how their latest research can benefit your health. Recently, I was thrilled to finally meet him face-to-face as we recorded an episode for the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast, and this episode aired on on April 11th. We had a chance to talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study, and I had the opportunity to explain the clean fast to Jonathan, which may explain why he didn't enjoy his prior experiences with fasting. Search for Zoe Science and Nutrition on your podcast player or on YouTube to hear the latest episode, and don't forget to look for the April 11th episode to hear me, Tim, and Jonathan talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study. So you're here, of course, sharing your story with the world, but in your daily life, do you share or do you keep oh. it to yourself? I'm just curious. A lot of listeners struggle with this, which is why I'm asking, because like we said before, and you mentioned the fear of not wanting to go against conventional advice. You know, sometimes people are afraid to tell their doctors they're doing it, which is, of course, understandable. Other people are afraid to tell their friends and family because of how it might be perceived. So how about you? What do you do? I do struggle with it because a lot of my time is spent at work and I'm not a healthcare practitioner. And right, I feel that people are coming to me for a certain type of service. And I tend to keep the communications very pointed to what they hired me to do for them. In my personal life, I'll say this, it's evolving. The more time that goes by, the more I tend to share it, even though I'm also influenced by the very societal trends that I was just talking about, that I see it's becoming more commonplace and I struggle with it. No, it's okay. Yeah, you know, that- I'll give you an example. Go ahead, sorry. And I even have some guilt about it. The person that I told you came the other day, Right. There were some things about them that presented in a way that I felt, I mean, first of all, I feel that everyone can benefit from some level of delay, don't deny. You know, no matter what your presentation is, no matter what your body composition is, no matter what your health profile is, there's some portion of the day where for minimizing, you know, insulin and autophagy that we talk about all the time, it's just healthy to refrain. 
But beyond that, whether right. someone is going to have, I don't want to use the word aggressive, but whether they're going to have a more, uh, okay, for lack of a better term, a stronger delay, don't deny uh, practice. But I saw this person, and this happens to me frequently. I think, oh my gosh, they probably just don't know about it and they really could benefit from it. And what I struggle with actually is, you know what? They didn't ask me. And like, I don't want to be rude. Right. I don't want to be presumptuous. So it's that struggle. You know, so to me, so many things in life are a dichotomy of the yin, the yang, the tension between so many, the, the light side, the dark side. That's one of the reasons, almost on the level of metaphor, that fast and feast appeals to me. But even in that circumstance, the, the sort of struggle of, oh, I'd love to share. I mean, listen to me talking to you. I can't stop. But there I'm thinking, you know what, would that be perceived as rude? Is she? And I guess I, I even have a little bit like, okay, she sees me as this serious professional. Is she going to think I'm a kook because I'm coming from out of left field? I'm being very candid with you here. No. No, I understand not wanting to share it in your professional life, You know, definitely, because you're there to provide a different kind oh, of service. Fa- but you do let your family, friends and family definitely. know. Do they know what you're doing? Everyone in your personal life? And my friends to some extent. Yeah. I mean, I don't wear a sign on my head, but if something comes up, I talk about it. I see so many similar reactions in your group of, that's why I think earlier on I was saying of, I was thinking of the, you know, try it, you'll like it. If you remember that old uh, ad also. Because so many people have a reaction of, oh, I could never do that. I do. Yeah. Or it's fine for you, but I get shaky or I get headaches or I have to eat every two hours. And I used to think that too about myself. And I remember being in my 20s and I realized way back then that if I ate breakfast, I was hungrier than if I didn't. Like if I had a lazy day and I'm just kind of rolling around whatever and didn't eat, I felt better. But if I ate, then I was like on that eating train all the time. Then I was going to eat every couple hours. But it it just didn't click for me. And I thought I had to eat constantly. And so I did. And then that became my struggle with weight for all those years. And I always felt like all day long, I was denying myself. And that's, I could think the title, Delay, Don't Deny. I felt like I lived in a constant state of deny all day long. And then when I was able to delay later in the day, I didn't have to have the deny focus so much. Yeah. I actually think the title and the psychology behind it is just profoundly brilliant because who wants to deny themselves? I'm not saying that there's always somewhere on the bell curve of everyone who experiences everything, but you know, people can wrap their minds and their hearts so much more readily around, I just have to wait a little while or, you know, You know, one of the things that I wish people would realize is it gets so much easier. You get to a point, I mean, I might be an outlier myself in the sense that I just love visiting your groups online. And if this is an aside, there's a lot about Facebook that I don't care for. The whole- Oh, I'm, I'm with you on that. I get it. Yeah. I wish I had the reference. There was an article in the Times once about how, you know, if you go on Facebook, everyone is in the most amazing relationship on the most amazing vacation. Their life is completely wonderful. And it can make someone look in the mirror and think, what am I not doing right? And it can be a downer for a lot of people. But your groups are so supportive, so touching. Like people come there, people are genuine. 
You know, and it's everything from the genuine, mundane, little, I have a business meeting today, I'm not sure how to plan around it, to the real, you know, I'm having this struggle because I lost a close relative. And like, it's so touching. And again, we're using this physical vehicle to fortify ourselves in ways that touch all the other parts of our lives. It's just so meaningful to me. And here, another thing that we say in your group is, you know, people tend to come for the weight loss, but stay for the health benefit. Right. And we often say, you know, give it a year because, you know, some people do amazing from their first day, but some people have a bumpy first three weeks or a bumpy even first three months. Oh yeah. I had a bumpy five years when I first heard about intermittent fasting back in 2009. You know, I heard you know several different things that were going on back then. Eat, stop, eat, I guess was out. Yeah. Fast five was out. Some of the, you know, the alternate day diet. I don't think they used the words intermittent fasting with that then, but I couldn't wrap my head around it really until 2014. It took me five years. So <laughs> right. it's definitely something that can be bumpy. And you're right about the power of the groups and the mundane struggles, but they're not mundane because they're part of our life every day. Like, hey, my boss invited me out for breakfast. What do I do? And we'll have 40 different suggestions from people in the group about how that might be handled. And it just helps someone struggle that with that little thing that might not seem like a big thing, but it is. And you know what? When I use the word mundane, I don't mean it to demean it because the little things make our lives for the most part. Yes, we have... I hate to say it, like they talk about black swan events. We have big events in our life too. But, you know, even the guy who says, what's the best way for me to punch another hole in my belt? Like the little, you know, they're almost silly, but they're the little uh, minutia or, you know, that. And it's so beautiful that if you're trying to figure something out at 3 a.m., you can go to Jin's group and someone in Scotland or Australia is going to chime in and say, well, this... The same thing happened to me, and this is what I did. Exactly. That really is the beauty of these communities because they are worldwide. And I was a little afraid of that for a while, I have to admit, because I was like, well, I'm going to be asleep. What's going to happen? But (laughs) I can't support people in the middle of the night. But then we've got these people from all over the world who are awake. We're really 24-7 and 365. (laughs) You know something? I think that you created something. And look, different things work for different people. I get that. But for me, and obviously for tens of thousands of other people and growing, I think that you created something that becomes almost like, you know how a chair needs at least three legs to stand? Because if it only has two, it's going to tip over. Yes. Like you created another leg of achieving delay, don't deny success, which is the support element because- I had been doing Fast Five for a while, and I think it's interesting. Dr. Herring himself said he discovered this approach. It worked for him. He dropped the approach, resumed his old habits, resumed his old pre-Fast Five status, and then years later rediscovered it, and that's when he it stuck for him. And I had the same experience with Fast Five. Like I started it, and in the beginning, he had a small Yahoo group. Right. I remember that. Oh, so maybe we were on that. I don't even know. I was actually on that Yahoo group here and there during my years of struggle. (laughs) So yeah, we probably were both on there. But it was nowhere near as active or large. But there's something about... So I think your groups create another component like the social support and the... 
at least as intermittent fasting goes through this growth pains of becoming more widely accepted, it's a community where it's accepted. I mean, there's a lot of people that know no one in real life that does this, that are being criticized right. or or similar treatment. And here's like a place where reminds me of the song from that old TV show, Friend, enough, uh, Cheers. Oh, Cheers. Okay, right. here, here's something eerie. Before <laughs> you said that, I had that same exact thought go through my mind. Cheers, where everybody knows your name. That right. is so eerie because before you even said that, I was like, ooh, it sounds like Cheers. <laughs> but you know, we are social beings and, you know, people want to feel understood and, you know, you just created an environment. It's almost like if somebody was taking out a prescription pad and said, I prescribe starting off with X amount of hours of clean fasting and two visits to these groups per day. Right. Because I think it can be just as important. I really do think so too, because I don't think it's an accident that the time intermittent fasting finally stuck for me was 2014. And I was solidly on Facebook and found some support communities that I plugged into. And I do think that's what helped. You know, you have a question, you can ask it and people can chime in and give you suggestions. And that just helps you not feel like you're alone. Then you also feel like you have that accountability. Like you've posted in the group. Now people know who you are. Now they're they're looking for you and they want to see how you're doing. And so it gives you, you know, some context to it versus the people in your daily life who are like, yeah, are you still starving yourself? Right. You know, no, it's fasting and, <laughs> and you should see me eat. And you know what else is nice? That there are some people, you know, there's one gentleman in the groups who uh, I know he's been following this for over 20 years. Right. And then there's someone who says, tomorrow's my first day. And there's something about that that I find very exciting also, you know, that we can sort of uh, trade notes with the masters and I've been very influenced as well by Eastern philosophy and, um, you know, there's in martial arts at points in my life. And there's the whole idea that, you know, the master aspires to the beginner's mind. Right. I love that mindset, the shift of thinking about everything through that beginner's yeah. mind. And I love the idea that in a way we start fresh every day. You know, whatever you did before, now it's today's fast and today's window. Right. So part of the whole mindfulness aspect is being very present, even as a stress component. You know, people talk endlessly about how stressful the times we live in are, and they are. But there's something I think that a delay, don't deny practice really contributes to resilience and stress hardiness. I think so too. I, I, really, I really do. do. Because your inner dialogue, even of just saying like, I can wait, that builds a muscle that goes way beyond anything to do with food and eating. It applies to other areas of your life and you find yourself just a changed right. person. And then when you do eat, at least, I mean, I understand some people, everyone goes through their own development, but you know, some people just inhale food. But I think for many people, they come to a place where they want to really like, take their time, appreciate the food. And even that, it's just so wonderful. And these practices, to me, they train it, they facilitate it, they enhance it. You know, I think this applies to other areas besides just food too. I used to be more of a consumer of goods, I guess is a, a way of putting it. Like I was always, for example, you know, I'm an Apple person. I have had iPhones ever since the first iPhone 
And every year I was like, oh, I got to get the new one, got to get the new one, or just anything, you know, shopping, buying this, buying that. And all of a sudden I don't feel like that anymore. Instead of feeling like I need more physical possessions, I feel like I need fewer. It's like it's almost as my intermittent fasting has developed, kind of gone over into those other aspects too. Does that make sense? Have you had that same thing? It's really beautiful. I'm thinking also, I don't want to mention any names because I want to respect people's privacy, but I'm thinking of someone else in your groups, a really wonderful lady. And she has released, I'm guesstimating, I just don't remember. It's been about two years or so, but over a hundred pounds. And I had made a comment to her the other day that, can you imagine the 2013 version of you thinking that you would get to a point where you actually, not like I fast because I have to, or I fast because it's good for me, or I fast because it does this and that, but hey, you know what? I actually feel great during that part of the day and I look forward to it. Like when your mindset changes to that, like I'm actually getting goosebumps right now talking about it, but I was sharing with her. I said, could you imagine if you told your five-year-ago self that whatever you needed to go through to get to change yourself besides the body composition, but to the mindset change. And I think one of the beauties of that is that we surprise ourselves by saying, wow, I changed in a way that I used to think was impossible. And and if I can do that, maybe I can do this other thing. I mean, it's a springboard. Yeah, that is so true. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash Wondery and use code Wondery for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash Wondery, code Wondery. Now, I want to shift gears for just a moment because we are really winding down on time. So I want to shift and ask you from a practical standpoint to just describe your intermittent fasting style or pattern and how your typical day is structured. Because even though we're all different and everyone finds a pattern that works for them, people like to hear what others have settled into. So what does your intermittent fasting style or pattern look like on a day-to-day basis? I tend to follow uh, the 19-5, as they call it, protocol, as a basic framework, which is I try to tell myself, sounds like a odd way to put it, but (laughs) that I'm going to finish eating within five consecutive hours. I give myself the flexibility, depending on what else is going on in my life, that if it's longer, it's longer for whatever reason. It is very seldom longer. And what I mean about it getting right. much, much easier and much more pleasant and is I find over time, the times that it does get longer are just much less, less and less and less frequent 
And uh, paradoxically, the very infrequent times that it, quote unquote, has to be longer, I don't really care as much. Like, it's funny, one of the first times I ever posted in your group was I posted some very detailed concern about how was I going to manage my logistics because I had some business meeting that was going to disturb my usual schedule. And it seemed like such a big deal to me. And I don't judge it or anything, but now it would just be such a non-big deal to me. It'd be like, you know what? I'll see how I feel. I'll see how I work it out. Whatever I do, it'll be fine. And I'll resume the next day. See, I think that's important to say because a lot of people, like you were at the beginning and the same with me, we've got that rigid five-hour window or, or bust kind of mentality. Like, you know, I've got to stick to this. It can't be five minutes or five hours in one minute. It has to be whatever. And then over time, you learn how to flex it to suit you and your lifestyle. Right. And what I've noticed lately with no effort is the window shortening. Right. Same with me. Some days I'm hungrier and need more, but some days it's, you know, two hours. Absolutely. Like I was going to say, lately it's been like a two to three hour. Now, (laughs) this is kind of funny. Every, I don't even know, every month or six weeks, I'll feel like going a little longer just for no particular reason. Just like it feels good. And this weekend happens to be, we're doing this on a Saturday. It's a couple minutes before noon. And I last ate Thursday at around five. All right. So your body just said, yep, let's fast a little longer today. And you know what? I knew I needed to push it a little, but I mean, I'm looking like I exercised yesterday and today I feel great. I had a great night's sleep. And this afternoon I'm going to have, you know, a beautiful lunch with my wife and like open it very gently and just feel wonderful about it. And when you said about we have rigid five, but today I'm really hungry and I need more. Another thing I had posted recently, like if we go outside and we look at like a thick tree trunk and like how long did it take nature to develop that? Or we look at like a canyon carved out of rock by a river. And we look at these processes of nature and I almost feel like delay don't deny facilitates nature acting through me or me respecting my harmony with nature. So when you say, hey, some days I was just hungrier. I needed to eat three times that day for nine hours. Like it doesn't happen often, but big deal. Like celebrate it. And then- You didn't fail. You didn't cheat. You're not weak. It's just you respecting the message from your body to eat more that day. Right. It's like nature whispering to you, you know? I think the book that you had that I referenced, I think it was The Science of Skinny. Okay. Yeah, that's the one you hadn't heard of. Because that's the one that's not about fasting. Yeah. And um, It's not about fasting. I know we're getting ready to wind down. I just want to say I love that I was invited to participate in episode eight. Because eight, you know, is like eating. Yeah. Infinity, or are you thinking of, oh, oh, eight, like the, okay. I was thinking of eight, like the infinity sign. Oh, that works too. I just like eight because I'm, you know, 40 hours into a fast that I'm looking forward to my. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I love that. So we literally have just minutes, but okay. I would like for you, just in parting, in maybe 60 to 90 seconds, what little bit of wisdom would you tell someone just starting out? What would Eddie say? Well, you know what? Just to actually finish on that last thought of when I said I adhere to the five, usually I open that up 
at around one. Okay. But I try to make it two so that I can eat at work and it's a nice break at work. And then I could still have something with my wife and kids at home if our schedules all permit. What's the one thing I would share with somebody? Is that the question? Yes. What's the one thing you would share with someone who is just starting out with intermittent fasting? Some wisdom, some advice. Be gentle with yourself. Be kind to yourself. See this as a way of being gentle and kind to yourself and as giving yourself a gift and allowing yourself to enjoy this gift. Only you can do this for yourself. And the things that you are concerned that you may experience, that you may have some fear of or anxiety about or nervousness or reluctance, you can practice translating or reinterpreting that to yourself that even if you feel whatever it is, we talk a lot about mindset, you know, that emptiness in your stomach, you get to decide the meaning of that. Some people translate it as panic. It can also be, let me be calm, or it can also be time to go vacuum clean the house or time to organize my closet or time to take a walk or whatever it is, or time to experience that I'm growing in this way. And if you can be patient and slow down, wonderful things will happen and use common sense. And part of the proof of that is come on to Jin's groups on Facebook and just ask who has enjoyed their experience. Right realize that you're not alone and that there are people who are living this lifestyle right beside you, even if they might be in Australia (laughs) and not beside you. So Eddie, I have so enjoyed talking to you today and it is great to put a voice with the name and the words that I've seen you writing for so long. And now I get to imagine them for here on out in your voice. So thank you so much for being here today, Eddie, and it's been a real pleasure. Jim, thank you for everything you said just now, everything you do. You're so wonderful, and I appreciate how you're helping all of humanity. Well, thank you, and we really are changing the world together. Do you have an intermittent fasting story to tell? Email me at jen at intermittentfastingstories.com, and I'll add you to the lineup. That's G-I-N at intermittentfastingstories.com. The world wants to hear your story. That's it for today. Remember, I may have a doctorate, but I'm not a medical doctor. So don't use anything you hear on this podcast as a substitute for medical advice. Please always check with your doctor or healthcare provider if you have medical questions. I'll talk to you next week, Fasting Family, where we will hear another inspiring story. Have a great week and fast on. Fast on.